Today we are talking with Dr. Anna Evsoski of Carrollton West Animal Hospital about some of the common emergencies that she sees in her vet practice and probably how we can avoid some of them and then what, what you can expect to see when you go to the vet with these emergencies. So what would you say is one of the most common emergencies that you need to rush your bird to be vet immediately type incident? Well, I would divide emergencies into two categories, the traumatic ones and the non-traumatic emergencies. So um, traumatic emergencies are pretty common. You know, we'll see anything from broken blood feathers to, you know, I've had birds that were attacked by pit bulls or leg chewed off by husky or, you know, I've seen, there's, I was one lady that had a bird, this is a weird thing that you don't think about, an iguana attacked her, Amazon parrot, Uh, and you know, and people think these iguanas are all vegetarians, well, you really need to research an iguana, and they're really not just vegetarians, but let's just, that, that, that's just a, that was a weird, that was a weird emergency, and the the Amazon made it. Good, or birds attack other birds, Yeah, that can happen too, I've seen that, toes off, off, yes, yes. off, or things like that, so, um, you know, blood feather may or may not need to go to the vet right away, but... Um, but anytime your bird is bleeding, it's a pretty good idea. Yeah, to, to and I usually say bird. on the blood feathers, if you get the bird calmed down and get the bleeding stopped, then it's probably going to be okay. But if you're freaking out, the bird's freaking out, and everybody's feeding off of you, the bleeding's not going to stop. You need to get no. to the vet. Right. And, and some blood feathers are going to be painful until yeah. they're removed. So yeah. even if you got the bleeding to stop, but the bird is keeps flicking its wing or chewing yeah. on its wing, it hurts, and you need to bring it in to take it out. I usually tell people not to take blood feathers out themselves because at least the big ones on the wings and the tail actually attach into the, the outer um, part of the bone yeah and so it really hurts to take them out plus if you don't know what you're doing you can rip the skin yeah. or you might break the feather by accident and make it really hard for the veterinarian to get yeah the and the out. wing the wing where it's webbing they mm. have the real thin skin, skin there. is underneath yeah yeah tearing that and you can actually so. cause way more problems but what than... I would do at home is I'm sure what you tell people to put the quick stop or styptic powder or if you don't have that just flour yeah um, and I do recommend that people have styptic powder. powder I like it because it has a little antibiotic in it too mm. so that it kind of if there was any infection. Right. I don't know. Maybe it's just a feel-good thing. But, yeah. But do know that styptic powder shouldn't sting. be... It yeah. stings, and you shouldn't really be putting it, like, on wounds. So if no. your bird, for example, got bit or something, don't put the styptic powder no. on the wound. because that can actually cause more problems for the vet. Right. right. And, yeah. and if your bird is bleeding, what you really want to do with them is put them in a dark, quiet place and, and, you know, like a carrier or something with a cover on it because that's going to let their blood pressure be lower than if you're restraining them and yeah. putting pressure on the bleeding um, and bring them into the vet as soon as possible. Um, and also know even if your pet isn't bleeding but has had contact with the mouth of any kind of other animal, they need to be brought in right away because they can get septic from cat bites and dog bites within 12 hours. Yeah, and there can um, just be die. like a little scratch that you, you can't see. You might not even yeah. see a wound. So so I do you say really if there's any confrontation with a dog or cat, yeah, you need to go bring them get them in some antibiotics. And get them on least, antibiotics yeah. right away because yeah. they might die otherwise. Um, and we just see a lot of other traumatic emergencies like um, birds flying into ceiling fans, um, into cooking pots, um, into walls or mirrors, things like that. So, um, you know, you really do want to make sure that if your bird is flighted, your house is appropriate for that or yeah. that your bird's wings are flighted. Yeah. And there are like some variations of trimming that we can do that they can still get a little bit of flight if right. you want to have a little bit. So it doesn't mean that you have to ground them permanently. So, but that can just keep them from having some of those injuries. Those traumatic yeah. injuries. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And then we'll also see um, a lot of non-traumatic injury or non-traumatic emergencies. So that might be something like your bird is, you wake up in the morning, your bird's sitting at the bottom of the cage, fluffed and depressed, or your bird just started vomiting, or your bird had a seizure, um, you know, things like that, where it's just obvious the bird is sick. And as we know with birds, when they get sick, they can go downhill really quickly for a couple reasons. One, they hide their illness as well. So maybe today's the first day you saw your bird was sick, but maybe it's really been sick for two weeks. Um, and then also they just have really fast metabolisms. So they're like little infants that get sick. You know, if an infant starts vomiting, it's gonna get sick a lot quicker than if we start vomiting. Yeah. So um, obviously you really need to bring your bird in right away if you notice anything abnormal. And yeah, and I might include like just so some of the abnormal behaviors to be watching for. And you may not be like you have some of the things that may not just you need to get them in pretty quickly is if the bird if you have a bird that like an Amazon or a gray that talks a lot and it stops talking, that's actually a sign mm -hmm. that there's something going on and you need Absolutely. to figure out what's causing that. And I usually say go to the, the vet can be your first thing, maybe just mm -hmm. to do some blood work just mm -hmm. to make sure, even if that is the only thing that is changing and right. um, weighing can help with Absolutely. some of the other things. I'm so. really a big proponent of getting a scale if you don't have one that Kookaburra yeah. sells them with little purchase so it's easier to weigh them. They should be weighed at least weekly um, just so you can keep tabs that they're not getting too skinny or getting too fat. Um, and if you're noticing a trend of some weight loss, then obviously you know you wanna consider yeah. bringing it to the vet, but if you've noticed dramatic weight loss, bring them to the vet right away. Um, and then also it's really good to have the scale because if they get sick, the main way I can know whether the bird needs to be in the hospital or can be at home is whether it's maintaining its weight or not. So yeah. I need you, you to have a scale already so you can take your bird home if, it, if that seems appropriate and, and weigh it daily and make sure it doesn't need to be getting fed. Yeah, and once they get to being weighed, they just sit there. They get used care. to it. It's yeah, not, it's a, not big a big deal. deal. So no trauma care. now. No. Um, though the smaller birds do need a more accurate scale, which will cost more money <laughs> than the larger birds. If you have then, a budgie, you know, you can have a scale that, you know, weighs yeah. in five gram increments because mm -hmm. your bird weighs 30 grams and five yeah. grams is And even a half, like, I think our scale is half gram increments. Mm -hmm. That's so excellent. That's really good, especially yeah. for the little guys because yeah. you know um the bigger guys i i actually like them um, the lowest i would use with a bird is a one gram in mm -hmm. increment because even your um because you want it would be really hard to see a down swing right. on a macaw if even if it's in five, five gram increment so i would say a one gram which is going to be your more expensive right. it's going to be a little more accurate than more a accurate. than a pistol scale and now don't freak out if your scale at home says one thing and then you go to the vet and right. it says That's something different. else because All the scales will scale be a different. calibrated differently yeah right. so just and it could just who knows what it is it could be the air pressure of where the room is or it could just be right. the scales are a little different um and then you know your birds can poop and that can be a couple grams right. on a big bird or maybe or, they just yeah. ate a whole bunch yeah. so that's why could, i usually yeah. tell people to get in the habit of weighing them first thing in the morning because their gi tract is empty yeah so you'll have less variability but if they're sick you know in the hospital i weigh them twice a day yeah and you can weigh i mean you can weigh, especially new bird owners, I would say weigh them like throughout the day just mm -hmm. to kind of get, get an idea of what the range is mm -hmm. so you don't freak out. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, egg binding, we were just doing a talk on chronic egg laying. So, um, you know, egg binding can be an emergency that we'll yeah. see as well, another non-traumatic one. Um, and so what do you do? Like what, what, what would be like, so you've got an emergency and you need to get your bird to the vet. What, what would you suggest that um, a person, I always tell people, first of all, Always know your paths to your emergency yes. clinics, and then you need to call the emergency if it's after hours because of emergencies, of course, never happen nine to right, five. Of course. They never happen nine of to course. five. They have to, and they will happen on any holiday. Right. Exactly. So you need to know who the emergency, what emergency mm -hmm. clinics 
seabirds and what the names of the vets are to mm-hmm. verify that they are there before you even get Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And I always recommend to people that if you have, and, and I would say even, you know, put it in here. If you have a GPS, go ahead yeah, and put that right in there right. so you don't have to think about it yeah. uh, beforehand. Like I'm talking before the emergency. Right. So like today would be a good time right. when you don't have an emergency. Exactly. And then um, also know how to get there. If you yeah. have time to like run down there, I always yeah. tell people no. And I do, we do a little first aid class from time to time. Right. And I actually had a lady who was so happy that she actually drove to the emergency clinic yeah. after the thing just to know where no, it was. And of course yeah. the next week she had an emergency and had yeah. to get there. And I have a little folder with yeah. um, map quest directions to the local emergency clinics for when my pet sitter takes care of my Yeah. Pet. And it's good um, to know. And yeah. you know, I have the phone numbers available and uh, before I had a child and my birds got better treatment than they do now, um, I even had a card posted by the phone that had the numbers yeah. for and all it, the emergency people. Yeah. So you could call them because you are you're going to be freaking out. You're going to be freaking out. Now, a lot of people have just a little bot or you mm-hmm. can put carrier in your carrier and have your like emergency little like folder next to your carrier. Just mm-hmm. know where it is right. in a specific so place. So I you're prepared. I think that's an excellent recommendation. Yeah. Cause and these emergencies timing can be of the essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say most of the time you're going to want to just put him in, you know, their carrier. Maybe you'll need to pad it with a towel or sheet or something. Put your bird in there. Um, Depending on the bird, if it's a cockatoo, maybe it will be more comfortable being held by you. But most of the time it's good to just put him in the carrier. Make sure the car is warm but not too hot. um, And bring him down there after you've called and make sure that your vet or the emergency vet is going to be available to see them. and depending on who you're going to, I mean, usually we'll try to assess how the bird looks in the cage first so we can tell you, you know, I think my handling the bird may be enough to push and, it over the edge or not. And so I do you tell know. people, too, if you call in and you've got, like, say say you know what your emergency is. Your dog attacked your bird and you're going to the emergency clinic. Um, let them know that you're coming because they'll have to get, like, probably a nebulizer ready. Right. And they can have it ready for you if right. they know. No, you're absolutely. You yeah. have to call ahead. Yeah, of time. call ahead so of time just so they know that you're coming. Yeah, and and if you're going to these emergency rooms, don't just see birds. They see all animals, and they may not realize the ranking of the emergency may be a little more important than the dog that's vomiting at right. the moment. I mean, not to be that the dog doesn't need to be seen. Don't mean that at all. But maybe the bird needs to be seen first. Right. So just let them know that that's your that you're that's kind of freaking on. out. But sometimes with the birds, I do have to use more of a hands-off approach just because I know if I push them too hard when they're sick, that um, that could push them over the edge and be the thing that kills them. So I don't want to kill them with my interventions. So sometimes we have to put them in an oxygen cage that's nice and warm and they're breathing oxygen and then yeah. give them some fluids um, and then give them a little bit of time before we start before doing we start the doing other anything. treatments. Yeah. Um, and so that can be frustrating for people, but sometimes that's the way we have to to, to go, it's going to depend on the emergency. Exactly. And then with birds, I definitely will be more aggressive. With Like with the dog or cat, usually I want to try to figure out sort of what's wrong with them before I start throwing a whole bunch of drugs at them. But with the birds, I usually have to do it the other way around. Where I have to throw a whole bunch of treatments at them and then later on try to figure out what's going on with them because, you know, again, they will kind of slide over the edge more quickly. And so we yeah. just have to jump on being aggressive with their treatments right away. And I do let people know, like, if you have an emergency and you're going to the emergency clinics, that that's all they do, it's going to be expensive. Just just kind of get yeah. your get and your money. Unfortunately, on depending on what it is, even it's going to be... Even going to your regular vet can, can be expensive. Be expensive so just be warned. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be, it's good, I think, knowing you have a bird or any pet, it's going to potentially have emergencies in its life. It's good to have a little fund saved for that, you yeah. know, a budget for it every year because... You just know what's going to happen. And yeah. so if you can save that money for if your pet does get sick, um, then it's going to be less of a burden for yeah. you. Yeah. And just, yeah, it, it just, I just let people know that just, it is, 
going to be expensive when it happens. So, so it is a prevention can like, prevention is really important. really important. I can't tell you how many animals I've seen. Well, attacked by other animals. Sometimes it's when people accidentally leave the birds outside overnight in a cage, and then they'll come out and they don't know what happened, but the bird's missing a wing or has broken legs, and you know who knows. Various things happen to them. I've seen a lot of birds like that. So you want to be really careful where your bird is, um, and don't leave them outside uh, unprotected. And also, just attacked by other family pets. So yeah. you do want to keep that in mind that, you know, even though your bird and dog have done fine so far, it doesn't mean that eventually there's Yeah, I always recommend people that, um, and you know, my dogs are good around the birds, but they are never, ever left unattended. Yeah. And, um, you know, even going to the bathroom is 10 seconds too long yeah. to go. I mean, so yeah. So if you have to go to the bathroom really bad and you can't put your bird up, just bring it with you. Right. Yeah. So I really, it, yeah, I've, I have been known to do that before. So I mean, y'all can laugh at us, but it, it, at least I'm not, you know, risking it. Plus right. then you're going to have like weird feelings toward the animal that caused. Right. And you just don't need that. You just don't need that. Their yeah. fault. And I really yeah. did. I had an African gray who the husky, got its leg and chewed it off through the cage. So, I mean, just oh so gosh. you know. That yeah, it can happen. happen. It can happen, um, yeah. And that burned out, turned out okay, but that was one where it came in and was bleeding really profusely from its leg. And I actually had, I would prefer not to do things this way, but I had to anesthetize it immediately just to try and get the bleeding to stop. And then later we had to amputate the rest of its leg. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's a just, weird, freaky kind of an that accident. Was yeah, freaky. Yeah. But anyway, you do just want to be careful with yeah. those things, and you know, it definitely. Yeah, I have a dog that I would have to watch with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, my dog's really good, allowed. but my birds will run up and bite the dog. I mean, you can't expect the dog not to bite back exactly. if the yeah. birds yeah. bite the dog first, which they will do. They will do. Because, yeah, you know, they birds. don't know. <laughs> yeah, and they're you know in captivity, so they don't really have they haven't they learned, don't they don't learn the behavior. Yeah. Yeah. we don't teach them to fear the dog like right. they're like parents would. Right. Yeah. And I have had a cockatiel come in that flew into the oil that was used for tempura for boiling tempura and uh, ended up losing both of its legs or feet after months and months and months oh that's amazing i've had treatment. i have so. to say that the frying pan yeah i wish i could say that that isn't it's fairly common, it's common. and it i will have to say that is an emergency that is an accident that i see in flight of birds 99 yeah. yeah, yeah, of the yeah. time yeah and so this to me, i personally propose that people keep their birds trimmed in captivity right. because they're just not prepared for these accidents right. and the thing is is that it was an accident the one family member had the bird out the other person was cooking they yeah. weren't paying attention right. and people the bird flew in there and it, it tried to land on our shoulder and fell in the frying pan right. and you know i mean that was an amazon and it it did not make it like it got oh. to the emergency room and it didn't make it because its whole body oh. fell into the frying pan That's and horrible. so yeah but i mean i have to say that i've heard that multiple times yeah. this isn't like a one-time freak no. thing that so i've it heard definitely yeah and then depending i know you have definite opinions on this sometimes birds get their leg bands stuck on toys mm -hmm. and then they'll chew their leg I, well whatever, and so there's certain birds that i like Think should, well, right. we ban the birds okay we go through a lot of work to ban these birds right. and then you know i don't think that every ban should be cut off right. but there are certain birds lorries kikes um birds that like to play and tumble and if mm. your bird ever does get caught with its band then go ahead and have mm, this band remove it yeah and i mean i get just if you remove the band keep it because there are certain states mm. that you ha are required that the birds be banded and if you can prove it that you your bird was banded then you'll be good down the road um and then you know that kind of brings back to microchipping which mm -hmm. we probably should talk about there's been a a lot of birds stolen lately mm -hmm. and that's pretty much your only mm -hmm. you can way. either microchip or zogen will bank blood 
So you can also genetically prove that you're oh, I, yeah. Wow. Um, so that's not, your other option. option. But yeah. the, the microchipping would probably be your easier, easier. option. Right. Yeah. The, what is the smallest bird that you can microchip? Somebody I was reading somewhere does parrotlets. Which yeah. I was no, like, I think you cow. can do any size. If I had to do a budgie or parrotlet, I'd probably anesthetize it yeah. to do it because I have like, rarely seen bleeding yeah. at the site of the. Um, it's a pretty fat needle. A, yeah. Freaking big needle. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's small I would. I would probably not be thrilled about doing that size bird, but you can do it. You can do it, yeah. Um, anything larger is not too bad. Again, some of the smaller birds, like maybe cockatiels or some of the smaller conures, I might also want to anesthetize. But the bigger birds, I usually just do it yeah. on them awake. And we kind of got off topic there, but it kind of, but it's, it's, a, good kinda, way it's a good to, way to identify. Because in other emergencies, your bird flew away. Yeah. But um, that's one I don't see so much because the you birds know, are gone away, once they get out. The yeah. Don't have them yeah. Birds, just so. for proving that the birds are yours, it's really because yeah. the bands can be taken off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I would just, you know, most of these accidents can be avoided. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so you're going to go to the vet and they're going to do some work and a lot of it may just be wait and see and to not freak out about that. Right. That's just going to be the part nice of thing it. about birds is they can lose quite a lot of blood without yeah. when they can tolerate it quite well and they replace their blood a lot more quickly. Like in a third of the time that we can do it yeah um so they really they can tolerate blood loss a lot better than we can so well i had a parakeet don't I? well you know i've had some weird sometimes they're amazing like that you would think they were i thought this bird was going to die its whole wing got crunched mm -hmm. and um and it was bleeding a lot and i brought it up here because i didn't have to i couldn't the vet clinic i had to find where they were and by the time i got up nobody was it happened to be it's for me it's always the afa weekend yeah. Yeah. and so nobody's in town and then i couldn't get anybody and so and, and it was just a parakeet and i really did not think it was going to make it the hour but actually john has that parakeet now and wow. its wing was fine and it yeah. just actually took care of itself it got weird it we yeah. gave it antibiotics and then it just kind of took care of itself some necropsy you know it went all and fell off Huh. It was that weird. Necrotic. Yeah. Okay, but don't use that as your example. I still No, no, I would not recommend going that. To your veterinarian. Okay. No, I did go to the vet, but we weren't <laughs> well because we didn't think the bird was going we were in right. the way in C mode right, is what right, happened. Right. No, is we were in the way in C mode and then it once it got necrotic well we had given it I don't know. It was not no, it was weird. But I'm just saying that they can survive. Yeah, things. I had a bird like who's, its whole wing, its whole right, wing okay. at the joint was and I had like a conger broken. whose entire lower beak was broken by an African gray. I ended up having to just take its lower beak off and I thought we were really in trouble. And that bird figured out how to eat crushed pellets. I've seen birds like that, like eventually some of the beak comes back too. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll kind of come back. Yeah. bird did fine. Yeah. So. so not, just don't write them off because you'd be amazed yeah. at what they can, but then even the littlest, you know, they stop talking and they have a chronic bacterial, they could be dead right. the next or day. So unfortunately, funny, yeah. they're funny or they're fluffed yeah. or they're not eating or they yeah. have diarrhea or they're vomiting, you know, obviously, or they have a seizure and you want to really try and get them into your vet that To day. see, yeah, what it is. Yeah. yeah. And then we have seen, I've seen um, the seizures, speaking of seizures, you know, there's been this lead toxicity mm -hmm. and, you know, there's been a lot of talk of a lot of cages having lead and mm -hmm. toys and this mm -hmm. and that. And then zinc can be another, it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily have to be, um, it's just yeah. any of the heavy metals. So yeah. a seizure, what would, what would they look for for that kind of an emergency? What would we be looking for? Seizures, well, I know, but that's one that's pretty far along. Oh, you mean for lead for, in yeah, general? Yeah, like what would they lead be looking for? Lead can affect any body system, but usually you're going to see vomiting and okay. diarrhea. Um, being tired out, um, you might see blood in the droppings, depending on the kind of bird it is. 
Um, you might see them peeing more and drinking more than normal. Yeah. I think vomiting is the most common thing that I've seen. So, yeah. With. And then usually at the vets have just x-rayed the bird and then it shows up and they can see it. Or yeah, you, so or it may or may not. Work? Blood work depends. is really the definitive way to test because there's two things. You might see metal in the GI tract and it might not be lead. Yeah. Um, it's not unusual. Birds like to eat things that are shiny especially. And it may or may not be lead or zinc. Um, or you might not see any metal and they still have the toxicity yeah, because it's got already it been yeah. absorbed or yeah, yeah it's something that's not going to show up on an x-ray yeah. um so you can't really it's not the definitive is, way is you're going to do definitive thing yeah yeah and that, okay. that is curable as well too. yeah so that is if very if curable yeah so far along yeah. right like the ones yeah. that i've seen that come in seizuring a lot of times they end up dying before yeah. i can really do anything yeah and that actually a weight loss is a big yeah. thing for lead heavy metal i've seen like no other symptoms but just but a weight chronic loss. weight loss yeah. yeah gradual just decrease in weight yeah. and i think that happens with dogs and cats as well too but um so if any other if you guys have any emergencies you'd like us to address specifically on another podcast you can email me at kook at kookshop.com k-o-o-k at k-o-o-k-s-h-o-p.com and again this was dr anna ososki of carrollton west animal hospital and if you have any other questions for her or you've got an emergency and you need to schedule it your number is what it's 972-492-1828 all right well thank you guys and i hope this answered some of your questions bye-bye